Welcome to Waiting Tables, the podcast about church logistics, helping your church overcome logistical hurdles, and freeing you to focus on your mission. Now, here's your host, Tim Hopper. I'm here with Chad Ashby. Chad is the pastor of College Street Baptist Church in Newberry, South Carolina. Chad has been the pastor of College Street for nearly five years, I believe. He's the husband to Mindy and father of four. Uh, Chad and I actually lived next door to each other during our freshman year of college, uh, way back in 2004. Uh, I invited Chad onto episode one of Waiting Tables because he is in many ways the target audience for this podcast. He is a pastor of a church that doesn't have a, a big staff to help him with uh, the things he needs to do. So he's not only the pastor and preacher, but uh, I think he's the web developer and the sermon uploader uh, also. So welcome, Chad. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's it's exciting. Um, so is that right? Five years now you've been uh, in Newberry? Yeah, I came. Well, it'll be five years in August. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know, you say 13 years, but five years here has felt like an eternity. So, <laughs> yeah, you uh, you've wanted to be in the ministry, I, I think, as long as I've known you and starting in college, you were uh, headed to be a pastor. Is that right? Yeah. Um, in high school, I uh, just during my personal devotions, I, I felt I was reading through Second Timothy and got to chapter four. And when Paul was saying, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, you know, I never had kind of a vocational aspiration until that moment. And I was like, well, that's, I think that's what I want to do. And so it was helpful because, uh, you know, going into college, I knew I was going to seminary afterwards and just kind of charted my course going into college for the next eight or so years. And, and here we are. So t- tell us a little bit about your, your church. Uh, uh, how, how, many, how big is your staff at, at, uh, Newberry, or at uh, College Street Baptist Church? We have... Um, no other staff. Um, my wife plays piano, so she gets paid a little bit for that. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're very very common for where we're at in uh, in the south. Just one pastor on staff, and not even a secretary. So everything yeah. everything either gets done by me or by our members who volunteer. So that's yeah. kind of where we're at. Yeah. So that's exactly like my church, um, and. Uh, I think it's probably a lot of churches. You know, I tried to find statistics as to sort of the distribution of uh, what churches' sizes are like. So there are somewhere between 300 and 400,000 churches in the United States, um, I guess, depending on how you define all that. Uh, that's a lot of churches. And some of them obviously are very big, you know, 20, 30,000 members that probably have 1,000 member staffs. Um, but I, I suspect many churches are are very small, and, and probably a, a large chunk of those are under 100 people, and um, probably many under uh, 500 people is probably I don't know 90 percent or more of the churches. Yeah, uh, I I'm creating this podcast as a way to help churches uh, like that and um, help uh, share some of what I've learned and, and learn more um, uh, for myself and my own church. But um, can, have there been uh, I guess did you did you have an expectation going into your ministry of the kinds of uh, things you would uh, need to be doing sort of out, outside of your uh, ministry uh, to help the church run and, and stay alive, or, or do you think you had a good sense of that, or has that been surprises? Um, well, there are certain things you come into a church like ours. Um, you would call this kind of a revitalization effort at College Street, and. I don't think the members, when I first came, understood that. They knew that they needed to grow, um, but they didn't, 
quite understand all that that entailed. Um, so on the front end, on the outside looking in, there were certain things you just were obvious, like you didn't, there was no church website. Um, the church sign was really out of date. But then there were other things that I've had to grow in uh, over the years, and I think I I probably faltered big time in, particularly in finances. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't something that was really uh, taught or, or talked about much in uh, the classes I took in seminary. So that was something I kind of had to learn on the job. Um, so yeah, there were certain things I, I knew coming in, and then there were other things that I kind of had to pick up along the way. Yeah. Resources like this have, have been instrumental. You know, I don't have, we don't have the funds to send me off to all kinds of conferences and things. So when there's other pastors who will sit down and just share with me what's going on at their church uh, and how they've found uh, the best ways to get things done, I'm always game for that. So this, this is a, I'm excited not only to be, ho- you know, for you to host me here, but I'm excited to hear the other guys you have on in the future and to learn from them. When you came, did the church have a website at all or, or did it just need updated or? It had nothing. Yeah, it, it had nothing. Um, so, you know, they, they contacted me. This is kind of funny. They contacted me and, uh, you know, the first thing you do when an employer contacts you is you go check them out online. You know, you find out whatever you can, any pictures, any information. And I found a College Street Baptist Church in South Carolina and I thought it was the one <laughs> here. Right. But it's actually, uh, there's a College Street Baptist Church up in Walhalla, which is more than an hour away, but I didn't know much about South Carolina. And for the long, until I got here, I, I didn't realize that I was looking at the wrong oh, no. church's website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so that was something that I had to kind of learn, um, you know, figure out how to use WordPress and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, you know, looking around, uh, uh, I think a lot of churches, um, small churches either have really outdated websites or surprisingly many have uh, no websites. Um, and, and in some ways it's easier now than ever before uh, to create a website. Uh, but I think uh, and another angle of that is the expectations of what a website should look like and contain are probably higher than ever before. So uh, it can be a lot of work. And, and I think um, many churches just aren't really sure how to do it and, and aren't really even sure how to think about what, what information should we have on a website and, and what should we make available. I'm often surprised you go to a church website, you know, you're visiting another town or something and you, you're looking for somewhere to go to church. And it's so hard sometimes to find out like what time the church meets on a Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's, we've made that a priority at my churches. That's right in your face. As soon as you hit the website is what time we meet. Often that's all that people want to know is like, where are you and what time do you meet? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that was actually something when we replaced our church sign outside, I was so insistent that, you know, people drive by, and they only have half a second or two to glance over at your sign. And uh, if there's one thing you want them to pick up, it's what time you meet on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, And your exactly. name, the name of the church and uh, what time. And a lot of churches try to squeeze a paragraph's worth of uh, quotes and information onto that sign, and, and nobody's ever going to be able to read any of it. Right, um, yeah. So I, I guess the same thing applies with your website. People are clicking through. The thing they want to see is your, yeah. What, what I've found is, with those kinds of things, just because we don't have the staff, I have to, whenever I create something, I have to make sure it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, so the website's got to, got to be simple enough that it's not going to look stale quickly. Um, and the information is really plain. It's not, you know, uh, it's not going to take a lot of maintenance on my part to keep it up to date. Yeah. Um, so that's been really yeah, important. Yeah, that's we're- 
we're redoing our website at the moment and I've been in charge of it for the last four years or so and I'm, I'm handing it off to someone else. And that's a point I keep uh, making a big deal about is um, it's better to have less information, I think, than information that's out of date. Because, you know, many times you, you go to a church website and it says, oh, here's our event that's happening on you know, May 1st, 2013. And <laughs> okay, okay, they haven't done anything in the last four years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we had that issue where I was basically having to double post things on Facebook and then create a page for it on our website. And then I realized, I'm just going to link our events tab to our Facebook timeline, right. you know, yeah. and that just eliminated a whole load off of my desk, you know. So yeah, yeah. anything you can do to simplify things is it's it's always important. I'm I'm kind of in the same stage as well. I've, we've had a a high schooler join our church recently, and um, that's a a great opportunity if you've got high schoolers that you want to help them to learn what it means to be contributing members of the church. Often, you know, if you have a trustworthy high schooler who can you can teach how to do these kinds of online tasks, um, posting things to the Facebook page or uploading sermons. Um, I'm in the process of handing it over to this guy at our church, which is. Exciting for me because I, I, it's not not really something I, I want to be doing during the week. That's great. I I have uh, hopes in for the future here. There, you know, there are several companies that ha- have services focused on providing websites for churches, and and you have to pay for that. But I'm hoping to do interviews with some of those um, providers, uh, as well as uh, talk some about how to make your own church website because you can use. You know, Squarespace or WordPress or Wix. There are a lot of these fairly inexpensive services uh, that can be used, and I, I want to talk some about that in the future, as well as um, just try to talk about what what should be on a church website and and how might you want it to lay out and and how to think about who your audience is for your website. Uh, sermon recordings you just mentioned are another thing that I would uh, like to to spend some time talking about. I, I've put a lot of effort at, at my own church into improving the quality of the sermons. Uh, as well as uh, shorten the amount of time it takes to get them posted. And and of all the things I've done at my church uh, over the, the years I've been serving, one of the things I get the most thanks for is getting our sermon recordings online promptly. Uh, we try and do it within a few hours after the service, and people uh, really like that. Um, so I, I'd like to... I'm going to have some episodes devoted to how, how can you get good recordings and then how can you uh, process them well and, and get them online and, and where are the various uh, ways that you can uh, post them online because there are a lot of different opportunities for that. Chad, I wanted to uh, provide a little bit of an explanation of the name I chose for this podcast. So it's it's the Waiting Tables podcast, which is uh, an allusion to uh, Acts chapter 6, uh, where widows were being left out of the distribution of food. And the the disciples, um, the Bible says the disciples said it is not right that we should uh, give up the preaching of the word to serve tables. And so they appointed these seven men to help in the distribution of food uh, so that uh, the disciples could focus on their, their preaching and, and praying. My hope with this podcast is to be able to free uh, pastors and, and elders and church leaders to uh, spend the time on their, their ministry. And, and Acts 6 talks about uh, the disciples wanting to spend their time on, on the preaching and preaching of the word and praying, uh, which I uh, still hope and, and pray. That's what pastors are spending their time on. And, and there are so many things that uh, can be uh, pulling for our time and attention. Uh, and my hope with the podcast is to be able to make... Uh, 
certain kinds of things, just easier decisions to make and, and make more information available and, and allow people to spend less time having to think about their website and, and more time being able to be focused on their ministry. So Chad, I, I, I mean, you're the, the solo pastor of this church, so you're spending time each week uh, meeting with your people and preparing your sermons and doing college ministry and all these things. And, and you have a fixed amount of time each week. And you also have a family at home, four kids uh, and a wife, and you have a fixed amount of time. So sometimes there's a a choice probably that can be made between, do I spend more time updating our website or do I spend more time in uh, studying in preparation for a sermon? Yeah, it's it's all about having an order of priorities and the disciples in Acts six recognize that it's it's a net even a good and even a necessary thing that someone takes care of these widows and these practical needs of the church, um, but they have their priorities in order and they recognize that prayer and the word are number one. And so, um, as pastors, it's important for us to recognize the needs of the church that are good, but then also, you know, how do we keep those good things from overcrowding our schedule? and detracting from the necessary things. So my hope is that you're going to provide some resources for us to identify the good things but uh, and, and figure out how best to uh, deal with those problems. But then I would encourage anyone who's listening as a pastor to then once you've identified the, the problem and even the solution to hand it off to somebody who can handle it for you. So yeah. uh, so it's not something you have to take care of anymore. Yeah, <laughs> an episode or, or uh, maybe multiple episodes on how to delegate would be a great thing. That's a, that's a <laughs> challenging job that I, I struggle with how to do well. Uh, to give a little context for, for my own um, service to my church. So I'm a, I'm a deacon in a Presbyterian church. Uh, that means I'm a, a lay leader. I work a, a regular job. Uh, don't, I'm not employed by my church at all. But as uh, deacons in, in a Presbyterian sense, we are focused on um, serving the needs of the poor inside of our church and outside, as well as we just help with the, the physical needs of the church. So we help maintain the building and the website and, and things uh, along those lines. Um, so an example of something that helped motivate this podcast was uh, we have a small nursery at our church where we have a, a nursery pager system. So uh, the moms or, or dads get a, a buzzer like you get it when you're waiting for a table at a restaurant. Um, so if there's a need for your child during the service, they can page you to, to get you back there. And our our pager system that we had had previously, which we bought used off of another church, uh, died, and we needed a new one. And so I, I volunteered to research nursery pager systems, which it turns out is a uh, <laughs> a big and complex thing. And there are a lot of different uh, features you can get and s- size of systems, and you can you can buy systems based on uh, how much you might how much capacity you might need in the future. So how many pagers can you add on? And you can get them with uh, rechargeable batteries or replaceable batteries. Uh, You can get them that just um, work through cell phones instead of actually having a physical pager. Uh, You can do all these various things. Uh, And and there's not a really great resource that I found, which is uh, here's a guide to nursery pager system for church leaders. And here's what you should think about uh, when buying a nursery pager system. Um, and so th- that's the kind of thing that uh, three to 400,000 churches in the United States, if only 1% of them are, are trying to figure out what nursery pager system to get. I mean, those are thousands of churches who are doing the same research over and over and, and trying to answer these questions. Uh, so it's a mundane thing from some level, but uh, I would like to be able to help that be easier for me and easier for other churches so we can um, 
focus on on getting our pagers and and go back to the ministry that we'd like to be doing because uh, we we are um, the, the chief end of man is not um, researching nursery pager systems. I don't think so. <laughs> that's not well, what I want to be spending my time on. Yeah, and I would I would love a resource that you know that goes through and and any of these kind of you know practical tools goes out does the research gives the reviews and gives a re- recommendation so i don't have to do that <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> you know uh we uh we're looking at like church directory and communication systems um and tim uh, a month or so ago you had said that you guys had moved to Flocknote, and yep. i know you i trust your recommendation i know your church and the size of it and i'm just like I don't see any reason for me to look anywhere else. If if this guy says this is what's working and he moved to this from another platform, he must have done it for a reason. And this is probably where we should go. And it just made it so much easier uh, for me to not have to go and search for church directories online and, and deal with salespeople and all that. I could just, you know, take a recommendation and kind of go with it. So that's the kind right. of thing I'm excited about this podcast providing for me. Yeah. So uh, on that note, episode two of the Waiting Tables podcast, which if all goes well, is going to come out two weeks after this one. Episode two is going to be an interview with uh, a staff member from Flocknote. That's flocknote.com for those who who haven't heard of that. Uh, And it has been the greatest thing (laughs) that I've discovered and for my own uh, service at my church lately, which is an email system uh, that helps you categorize your people into different groups. If you have small groups or various things at your church, uh, it lets you send emails, text messages. And uh, one of the big benefits for me is it allows you to uh, allow each group to have a person who's able to send messages to that group. Because uh, in the past, with the, the system we used previously, I was sending all the, the emails, so they would all come through me. And, um, so it's a great tool. Uh, that's a little pitch for you to come back and hear more uh, about Flocknote. Yeah. Um, and I think there are, um, as I've looked around, there are a lot of uh, resources like that these days that people are recognizing that there are kind of niche needs in churches and they're uh, having these little companies that are providing services like uh, Flocknote. Someone I'm hoping to interview in the future is uh, an accounting uh, tool for nonprofits and churches called Aplos that our church has been on for a few years that allows us to do our bookkeeping and donation tracking and, and things like that. Um, I'm also the treasurer at our church, so it's been a big help for me. And I think uh, a lot of people just don't know that these these kinds of tools are out there now, and the internet has uh, changed what's available. Um, so I'm hoping we can share more about that. And uh, in, in the long run, you know, so this is a, a podcast for now. I'm hoping that the Waiting Tables podcast, which is waiting-tables.com, uh, I'm hoping the the, po- the website will just be able to have some articles and things that provide summaries and uh, resources to make those available. I've also been looking around recently at podcasts that are available for churches and church leaders and various things. And, and one thing that's going to set this podcast apart a little bit is that many of the resources that are available are really caught up with a, a perspective, a, a view of church and church growth that is, is not something that I'm about, which is, uh, <laughs> I think there are all these church leadership podcasts and things, which is, you know, you, you give your sermon and make it sound more like a TED talk and your church is going to grow. Uh, if you 
if you go and use this uh, this presentation tool to show slides during your sermon, uh, you know your church is going to grow. And all these promises that uh, really change uh, tools and put them in a different light than I'm hoping to present here, which is that these are just tools that are going to help us, and they're not uh, the end-all, be-all, and uh, none of these things are going to guarantee that our churches are going to grow, right? The, um, I believe, Chad, and, and I know you believe that <laughs> it's by the work of the Spirit uh, that the church is going to grow, and I'm not going to try to replace that with um, some fancy gadget or email system. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it's really about loving our people well, and proper administration and caring for these logistical things is a way, it, if they're not cared for, your people will go unloved. I mean, the in Act 6, the widows really did need to be fed. <laughs> Someone needed to take care of that problem. And uh, these kinds of logistical needs are ways to love the members of our church. And a lot of times, there are also aspects of proper hospitality as a congregation to non-believers and visitors. Um, what you're talking about with uh, the nursery system, um, proper signage and website, it's just all about... Um, showing love to 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 others and and helping them to feel safe when they're with you and helping your members to communicate well with one another and um, caring for specific needs and things like that. It's important for for us as pastors to find people like you, Tim, um, who who are like to get into the nitty gritty, logistical, quote unquote, boring things um, because that those are essential parts of. Um, you know, helping the body, all the members to be working together well. You've got to have those guys with the oil cans who are going around and greasing the gears and right. pulling the little bugs out of the system um, because it's often those little bugs that end up causing big problems. I feel like Act 6, um, what seems like a minor issue, uh, we, we know the history of the people of God when it comes to grumbling about food, that can cause major problems even though it's a very minor issue. Right. Um, thousands of people were killed in the Old Testament because of uh, food issues. So right. when, when Satan comes into the church and is trying to tempt the people to grumble over this issue, it's a very, you think in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a problem, but the apostles recognized it could lead to bigger issues. And so they addressed it and they appointed guys to take care of it. And the church continued to grow. And uh, they didn't grow because, you know, they had a great app, you know, to register the widows. It was because they were loving one another properly. Right. So I think, you know, I, I kind of express concern about one side, which is uh, the sort of hyper church growth movement that gets so wrapped up in uh, the way things are delivered and uh, sees maybe being more of a mechanical process. If you just do these things right, then your church is going to grow. Yeah. I think on the other side is, you know, you and I are, are in a mindset of, of um, being in churches that are focused on the ordinary means of grace. So the, the preaching and praying and, and pastoring and, and ministry of the word. Uh, and sometimes I think people in that realm uh, get too scared of a term like marketing, for example, or mm-hmm. or maybe design or, or something like that. These seem like uh, business words. Um, and we're not a business, we're a church. Uh, when, when the reality is uh, marketing or, or, or things like that can often just be a way of uh, talking about communications, right? So we want to communicate with our church and we're going to do it one way or another. And and sometimes we just need to choose to do that well instead of in a confusing and 
uh, difficult to understand and process fashion. So, I mean, going back to what you were saying about a, a church sign, you could either have a, a church sign that communicates what you want to communicate, or you can have one that is just impossible to take in as you drive past at 45 miles an hour. Yeah. The funny kind of just anecdote about that, we put the sign up and as you can imagine, in a church like ours, when, when you decide to change the church sign, um, people have opinions about what ought to go on there and what it ought to look like. Um, and I was just, we, we used to have a message board as part of our sign. And so someone would go out there and put like a quippy little goofy, right? you know, it's so typical. And I just, and, and our service time was in tiny little uh, letters underneath so the thing they were coming away from our church sign was this silly quip and no information about when we met. And uh, someone offered to donate a church sign, and, at, which was probably in my 10-year plan, but we ended up getting after like two years of being here, which I was super pumped about. But I was like, well, if we're going to replace this thing, we're going to do it right. And uh, so I was really just trying to push for we need to have the church sign, maybe the website. Like if people want more information, they want to read about our vision statement and whatever, it does not need to be on the sign, it needs to be, we'll direct them to the website, you know. Um, so we got it installed, and uh, we snuck, we got it in the ground like the week before college started, and all the college kids have to drive past our church to get to Newberry College, uh, because we're off the, that exit. And sure enough, the, the first Sunday, the students were in town, this uh, couple shows up, and they're like, well, uh, we were woke up Sunday morning. We're like, where should we go to church? And we're like, well, we know what time this church meets. Let's go there. Uh, because oh, they wow. had driven past the sign, and it was perfectly clear we met at 11 o'clock. And so that's just why they showed up, and they t- ended up joining the church, um, becoming faithful members um, for three years at our church. That's and great. So, yes. Yeah, so. That's a perfect example of what I'm thinking of here. Uh, we, we, um, I had mentioned before, I've spent a lot of time getting our sermon recording and, and uploading all in, in really good shape. And um, my sense is a lot of people looking for churches these days, uh, they're interested in the website and what the website says, but uh, a lot of people are interested in knowing what the preaching is going to be like mm-hmm. uh, at a church they're, they're looking for. So if they're moving to a new town, um, they go and listen to sermons uh, from the church. And um, we've had a lot of people... Uh, very appreciative when they've come to Shiloh, my church, and they say, oh, we've been listening to uh, the sermons for a while. And uh, that to me is makes it worth making them something that are, are easy to access and, and good to listen to. And not just, you know, sometimes you go and listen to a sermon and it's just there's buzzing in the background and the, the volume levels are all over the place and all, all kinds of things that make it just a, a chore uh, mm-hmm. to listen to. Um, but people have really appreciated that from us. And uh, I think the, the other part of that is um, with technology these days, it's just not that hard to to do well. And so we're going to have some episodes on uh, how, to, how to do that and uh, realize that you maybe just need to add a few extra steps into your process or change around a few things and you can, you can do these things well. And, and people really appreciate that. And, and I think it's a, a worthwhile thing. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciated Tim, you helped me a couple years ago and just getting everything streamlined as far as that goes. And we went from people having to download the uh, entire sermon from Dropbox to being able to go on the website, click the sermon tab, and just click play, you know? Yep, um, exactly. So that was really helpful, and I'm sure helpful for others. 
something too, these kinds of things help our churches, even though we're small, to provide resources for the kingdom. You know, if somebody's, some guy out there is preaching on Zechariah chapter 9 and he's really struggling with that passage and just wants to hear how someone else has preached it, you know, they can go online and find your sermon and they may listen to it and, and glean from your perspective as a, as a pastor. So um, not only are you serving your congregation, but those others who are looking for resources on those passages, um, yeah. that can be really great as well. Yeah. And for, uh, you know, again, in, in the modern technology world, for very, very little cost um, compared to, I just imagine in the past, you know, in, in Charles Spurgeon's day and in the days of the Puritans and things that you would uh, write, someone would write down your sermon and it would get published in a booklet or various things. And uh, I just imagine what, how much work went into that and the cost of, you know, setting the type on a, on a letterpress to, to do that. I mean, that, that would have been a lot of work. Uh, and now we can just press a few buttons basically and, and share a recording online and you can, you can do it on your phone even now. Every, most people have smartphones and you could record and upload straight from your phone and host it somewhere. That's maybe a few dollars a month. It's, it's just, uh, the technology has changed how that works, and well, I guess even even recently, and and when I we, we were young, people were sending out cassette tapes. Churches were having cassette duplicators and and mailing those out, uh, and that was easier than things earlier than that. But that was still a huge amount of work that thankfully we don't have to do now. I'm really glad I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, so. A few just kind of goals of this podcast or, or thoughts about this podcast. Um, one is that my hope is uh, it's going to transcend denominational lines. Uh, and Chad, you know me and, and know that I uh, think denominations are, are valuable and denominational distinctives are important. But the things I'm hoping to talk about are um, not really things that are so specific to denominations or how denominations are ordered. So, I mean, different groups have uh, different leadership structures and, and different titles that they give to people who do uh, some of the things we're talking about. Um, so what is done by deacons in my church might be you know, done by people with another title in another church. Um, but I, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be applicable to non-denominational churches and Methodists and Presbyterians and Baptists and, and, and people of all stripes. Uh, and I'm hoping at the same time to just not, not make it uh, about the polity or, or the organization. And the, uh, I think those things matter a lot, and I'd be happy to talk to anyone about that. But uh, that's not really going to be the, the focus here. And um, you're Baptist, and I'm Presbyterian, and I, I think there are a lot of commonalities of challenges that our, our churches face that we can uh, share together. For sure, yeah. And, and as we talked about before, these, are, these, these needs come up in all of our churches, and a resource that's going to provide good feedback and recommendations for tools and introduce us to, to things that we probably don't even know is out there. Um, it's just so, it's so nice to have uh, a fresh wind of a, of a different perspective from other churches. And for guys like me, I, I can't visit other churches on Sunday, you know, right. to see how they're doing things. And, um, you know, the size of our congregation, we can't really afford to send a team of 10 or 15 people to go to other churches to see what they're doing. So, to have someone who's going to kind of gather those people together and provide those perspectives and and bring us uh, those tools is just I think going to be invaluable. I think a little bit of a why this is unique and why, as far as I know, someone hasn't really done exactly what I'm hoping to do here is um, oftentimes the people doing the kinds of things we're going to talk about uh, are either they're in large churches that have 
their staff members, they're doing this professionally, um, they're paid to do it. Uh, and just the way those things happen often in large churches is different. Or it's volunteers who are doing these things on the side, on top of a full-time job or a family life, um, and they're doing these things on the side uh, and just don't really have time to share this information. And I think when pastors, you know, there are good podcasts that uh, pastors start or websites that pastors uh, start, and they uh, <laughs> this just is, these aren't really the kinds of things that pastors love talking about and love thinking about. Uh, and these are the, the things that they're ready to get out of the way or hand off to someone else. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm uh, providing something that isn't out there and someone's already doing what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I would love to just go listen to someone else talk about it uh, instead of me doing it. But uh, hopefully, if it hasn't been done, this will people will find this uh, valuable. Uh, and, and a similar, another note is that um, not everything I talk about is probably going to be useful for your church. I mean, so I, I've talked about nursery pagers, and some churches don't even have nurseries for whatever reason. Uh, and if you know if that's the case from you, just you can skip that episode and, and move on to the next one. Uh, I don't, I don't know that uh, everything is going to be useful for everyone, and and there may be even be some episodes where I I talk with people about things they do or, or things they use that wouldn't even be important in, in my own church. Um, but, uh, don't let that, uh, dissuade you from, uh, finding this useful. Uh, and, and again, uh, I've mentioned this several times, but my goal here is to, um, provide tools and resources and knowledge and information that is going to, uh, help you, uh, spend less time, uh, in front of your computer, researching nursery pager systems or trying to understand how microphones work or uh, trying to understand how you get your HVAC serviced at your church because that's a <laughs> that's a real and important need to keep your HVAC running. Um, but uh, I would love for people to be able to have those things done with and, and be able to go spend time in fellowship with, with those in their church and time in uh, evangelism and ministry and, and with their families and, and spend less time uh, caught up in all these details. Chad, I really appreciate you uh, coming on here. Do you have any concluding thoughts or comments or any, any uh, big hopes of things that you would, you'd like to see uh, talked about that could help you? Well, I'm excited already about, uh, you know, hearing more on your next episode with Flocknote. Um, nursery logistics are always something that, uh, that we're thinking about. For churches like ours, you know, we pray and hope that the, the Lord in His due time will help us to grow. But in a lot of ways, logistically, uh, I feel like as a pastor, I have to have the vision to be able to help our people see just because we don't need these tools right now, uh, we will need them down the road, and I'd rather have them in place. It's kind of the trellis and vine uh, analogy, where you got to build a trellis if the vine's going to have somewhere to yeah. grow. So um, these are the kind of trellis items that, as pastors, we need to help our people to to find their area of expertise and and enthusiasm and gifting, and to be able to have these tools and then to hand them off to people, and and it's really exciting. It, you know, you, you feel like, oh, these are the humdrum details. But for me as a pastor, it's really fun for me to watch people get passionate about things that I'm not passionate about and right. to see them excel and to know that I've kind of helped them find the right tools and then been able to, uh, you know, kind of push them offshore and watch them paddle, you know, and, and succeed. It's, it's really fun. So and, and it's it's an important part of pastoring and helping teach the members how to work well together. So this is, this is going to be fantastic. 
Great. Well, that, Chad, thank you for coming on here to episode one of the Waiting Tables podcast. You can find out more about Chad at a great blog at chadashby.com. That's A-S-H-B-Y.com. And his church's website is collegestreetbc.com. This is the Waiting Tables podcast. You can find out more at waiting-tables.com.